Sports used to be fun. Too many rich jocks bitching. A cold war rising. That was almost a depressing haiku. But at least I'll have UFC this summer. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. So let's talk about sports. They're coming back. They are coming back. And it's kind of exciting, kind of not, because it sounds like a lot of these sports are going to go woke, which I think is a huge mistake for these sports, but we'll have to see. Um, Football. Football has decided to go woke. Uh, When the season starts on September 10th, rumors are swirling that the NFL players are going to be able to don messages of social justice on their helmets. And social justice, police brutality, they can have the um, initials of the people, black people who died because of the police, yada, yada, yada. Front uh, sports reported, uh, front office sports reported, the NFL's 1,700-plus players will likely be invited to wear helmet decals bearing the names or initials of police violence victims and systemic racism. Now, I do want to point out, probably not going to be any white people on there, even though more white people died from police violence than anything else. Whether they deserved it or not, I don't know. It's usually case-by-case individual basis, but we're not doing individual basis. We're doing collectivism with Black Lives Matter. Continue. The league office is working with the NFL Players Association to compile a list of names in time for the start of the regular season, which is currently scheduled for September 10th. Uh, The players will provide the names. Now, for years, the NFL has been kind of touchy about telling teams to change their uniforms, add to their uniforms, anything like that. Outside of small decals, sometimes, that represent the deaths of certain people within the organization, the uniforms really haven't changed too much. In 2016, the Dallas Cowboys wanted to wear a special wanted to wear special uniforms to honor to honor five police officers who were murdered in Dallas during a mass shooting. Uh, Coincidentally, that mass shooting was held by a woke BLM terrorist, Black Lives Matter terrorist, so that's interesting. During training camp, it wasn't even during the regular season, and the NFL refused. Jerry Jones, the owner of the NFL, said, okay, whatever, we'll just let him, I, I guess they refuse this all the time. Not a big deal. Rumor has it that teams can choose one insignia that all players wear, or they can each player can choose their own insignia. And the insignias are going to be designed, pre-designed, and there is many, so far that we know of, as many as 15 different designs. Here's the thing, and it really trips me out. I've already told my um, fantasy football league I'm out this year because I already know this bullshit is just going to continue on. I'm going to stop watching. As a matter of fact, I don't think the NFL realizes I've really stopped watching the NFL. I don't watch the I go hiking or I go running. I do something other than watch the NFL or... I turn it on so I can fall asleep. I mean, they, they're not quite understanding. When Colin Kaepernick decided to start kneeling on this uh, for the National Anthem or sitting for the National Anthem, that's when it started for me. 
I stopped watching football. I just wasn't interested. I actually, I wasn't protesting or boycotting football or cancel culture or anything like that. I was just pissed off that you guys can't stand for the flag. By the way, it's not like these guys aren't getting paid. They're making millions. I, I understand the the, you know, we're black and there's this and that, but the reality is you guys are making millions of dollars, and you will be set for a. The average is a five-year career. It, it just, I just was pissed off. Apparently, I wasn't the only one. The attendance and viewership for the NFL dropped by 20%, by 15 to 25%. I guess the NFL is just never going to learn because here's the reality. They're just going to piss off the rest of the country. And when Trump sat back and said, hey, these jerk-offs kneeling during the national anthem... People believed him and a bunch of people just stopped watching. I stopped watching because that's what I do. If I don't like a product, I don't buy the product. I don't tell everyone else, don't buy the product. They just said, did you see the football? No, I didn't bother. I stopped watching football when that dumbass billionaire decided to... decided to kneel for the national anthem and where the uh, cops dressed as pigs or pigs dressed as cops socks and scream how bad America was and people kept giving them money and things. I just stopped watching. And that and that's what I do. I don't protest. I don't like cancel culture. I'll, I'll just stop watching. And apparently I'm not the only one. But tonight's a big night. Okay, tonight's Thursday night. Baseball starts, and I'm going to watch baseball. I love baseball. America's game. But America's game might be going to hell, too. Um, Several players and coaches for the San Francisco Giants, and that shouldn't be that much of a surprise, they're in San Francisco, decided to kneel during the national anthem. According to MLB reports, several Giants, including manager Gabe Kapler, first base coach Antoine Richardson, hitting coach Justin Viele, I hope I pronounced that right. And outfielders Jalen Davis. Where do these guys learn how to spell these names? Mike Yastrzemski, which kills me because he's the son of Carl Yastrzemski, one of my all-time heroes, and this guy's being a jerk-off. And Austin Slater took a knee during the National Anthem before Monday's exhibition game in Oakland. Shortstop Brandon Crawford stood between Davis and Richardson and put his hand on their shoulders to show support. Gabe Kapler is a vocal supporter of Black Lives Matter. He is vocally for Black Lives Matter, which means he's a communist. He stated, I did not I did that because I wanted them to know his players. I wasn't pleased with the way our country has handled police brutality. I told them I wanted to amplify their voices, and I wanted to amplify the voices of the black community and marginalized communities as well. Wow, that he's such a hero. Uh, apparently he knows maybe he should spend less time amplifying his voice and actually reading about Black Lives Matter, because I don't think anybody in the country believes that black lives don't matter. I think the group Black Lives Matter is an evil Marxist sick group. But he supports the group, so it makes me question him. Now, I Gabe Kapler, he's gonna that's gonna work real well in San Francisco. I don't know how well that's gonna work in a lot of other places. 
Well, this brought a wave of protests from fans on Twitter. So let's listen to this one. Mike G said on Twitter, and he's not a blue check mark. He's just a regular guy. The national quote: "The national anthem is saying for our military, not our law enforcement." Firstly, you kneel, you're disrespecting your military. Yes, Black Lives Matter. Kneeling for the national anthem, uh, sick anthem because he didn't add it here, is showing complete lack of respect for our for out men, our men, and women fighting for your freedom. Uh, MLB responded. It has never been about the military or the flag. The players and coaches are using their platforms to peacefully protest. A couple problems with this. First off, uh, besides the fact that Mike G can't spell for shit, um, it, the, you're not honoring the military, the police, or anything else when you sing the national anthem. You're honoring the country and its past and what the flag represents. I don't understand why we keep going into this, you're honoring the military. It has nothing to do with the military. It really doesn't. The military, these people are fighting to keep our past, our history, our traditions, our belief system. But it really isn't. It's to, I mean, oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? This was about the Revolutionary War. This had nothing to do with the military. It's not about the military. It's not about the cops. We seem to have gotten caught in this trap of we haven't been around for 240 years. We've been around forever. And we've been around. This year is the same as it was 240 years ago. 1776 and 2020 are the same thing. There's been no changes. That's crap. We've grown. We've gone down. We've had our good times. We've had our bad times. We've had our evils. We've had our our pluses. We've had our goods. We've done good things. We've done bad things. That's called, wait for it, history. But to sit back and say you're fighting for people now, that's a typical conservative look and that's a bad look. And that's wrong. You You are honoring what people did 240 years ago to create the greatest country in human history. So this guy's full of shit. Well, and the MLB is no, it's never been peacefully protest or it has never been about the military or flag. Uh, it should be. It should be about the flag. The flag is a representation. It should be about our history. The players and coaches are using their platforms to peacefully protest. That's my big problem there. MLB is taking a political position and using their platform to do this. I don't believe in their platform. That's not the platform. That's a bad platform. If Gabe Kapler wants to go out in front of a a mic after the game and say, oh, Black Lives Matter or donate millions of dollars or whatever, that's, that's a platform. That's fine. Use his fame. But the MLB which is a capitalist, profit-making business, should not be the platform. Because I am not watching the MLB or the NFL or the NBA. Well, I'm not watching the NBA at all. To actually hear political opinions. I don't care what Gabe Kapler's political opinion is. And if he's going to sit there and give me his political opinion during a game, I, sorry, not interested. And that's when I stop watching. But that wasn't the only complaint on Twitter. 
let's continue on. So another guy named Jason, again, he can't spell his name correctly. I don't know. Please, and of course, please is elongated. Stop posting things like this. Yes, black lives do indeed matter, but it's polar. It's a polarizing topic. Keep politics out of baseball. This is brilliant. This is exactly what I'm saying. Keep it out of baseball. This is a baseball game. You are sports entertainment. Anyone? Do you know why I don't lose my shit when the Dodgers lose a World Series? It's because it is sports entertainment. It's there to entertain me. That's it. Nothing else. The Dodgers losing the World Series does not change my life at all. I do not. I'm not like a New Yorker where the Yankees lose the World Series. It's a big deal. Just like Corey Bellinger is not going to stop having that steak dinner after losing Game 7 of the World Series. He doesn't care about me. I don't care about him. I want my team to win, but that doesn't mean my life depends on the team. It's sports entertainment. Keep politics out of it. And then, of course, the MLB is really doubling down. Supporting human rights is not political. Yes, but meanwhile, I don't know, most of the players are wearing Nike shoes. Nike shoes are made from um, sweatshops in China earning slave labor wages 18 hours a day, no age limits or anything like that. So if you're going to talk to me about human rights, I want you to take the Nikes off of every person out there. And by the way, these guys are coming up with things, but they don't have anything really to show that there have been any human rights violations. I, I It's crazy. Don't forget, under 300 black people were shot by police departments in 350 million confrontations last year. Or died, excuse me. 300 died. A total of 1,000 people died from police confrontations. Over... 350 million confrontations. What was that? 0.0003%? Percent, mind you. Uh, it's just so stupid. But the MLB decided to continue on. So let, let's uh, read this one here. This one was from Zettel7. I don't... Zettel? What the hell? Oh, she's kind of cute, though. Quit bringing all the political BS into sports. You are there to play a game, not to be a politician. Play the game. Again, I have no argument here. What the MLB says, supporting our players and supporting equality is not political. Yes, it is political because 50% of the people, this is the MLB's response, by the way. You're really embracing your fan base. It is political because Black Lives Matter is a political organization, and a lot of people know politics, apparently better than the social media guy at MLB, to sit back and say, dude, this is not a thing. And you're going to turn me off. I'm just not going to watch the game. I mean, in all seriousness, I may actually, the Dodgers play the Giants tonight, I may actually watch the Yankees uh, play the Washington Nationals tonight, if I start seeing these idiots kneel, I may turn. I may not even watch my my beloved Dodgers play. That's how bad it is. Of course, Donald Trump had to weigh in. <laughs> of course, 
quote, looking forward to live sports, but any time I witness a player kneeling during the national anthem, a sign of great disrespect for our country and our flag, the game is over for me. MLB never answered him. Why? First off, Donald Trump did hit it right on. This represents our country and our flag. It does not represent our military. It remains, it, it, it respects our ideals. It respects our beliefs. It respects the people who died to bring us to these days. Yes, there was slavery. Yes, there was Jim Crow. Because that's what the national anthem represents too. It represents the best and it represents the worst. Now, I, like I said, the MLB never responded and hopefully this is kind of a wake-up call for the MLB. Because contrary to the world, what the world believes, 45 45 to 50% of the people do support Trump. And if he's sitting back saying, I'm not watching the game, um, that's really going to hurt their ratings. And we already know what what his words did to the NFL. So this is probably not a great thing for the MLB, and that's probably why they uh, they didn't do it. They didn't actually sit there and respond. I really like baseball, and I will miss it if these guys don't have the courage to keep sports entertainment as entertainment and keep politics out of it. These idiots are paid very well. Mookie Betts just got a $350 million contract. I'm sorry, Mookie Betts, who is black for the Dodgers... Mookie Betts, who is black for the Dodgers, not going to get a lot of sympathy from me about being, you know, I, I, uh, not having any privilege. So do me a favor. Stop it. Basketball? Yeah, well, I haven't watched basketball since Shaq and Kobe won their five championships. You know why? Because the game has changed to the point that every foul is called, and every time someone coughs, the players... Every time somebody coughs, there's a foul and there's free throws. The game has slowed down a lot. The players are whiny and showboats. There's no teamwork anymore. And the Lakers have sucked for a very, very long time. And I don't like LeBron James, so I don't give a rat's ass that he's on the Lakers. Well, now I have another reason not to watch. Disney, which holds two... NBA arenas that will be used during the COVID-19 outbreak has decided they're going to put Black Lives Matter on their playing service. Yeah, great idea. Do that. The NBA will be playing those games in those arenas for, I I don't know how many teams will play, but the NBA has also decided to let players replace the names on their backs of their jerseys with social justice phrases. Oh, that is just a fucking wonderful idea. What a great fucking idea. So some of them, and I think there's like 21 or 25, I don't know how many there are, but Black Lives Matter, say their names, vote, I can't breathe. Justice, peace, equality, freedom, enough, power to the people, justice now, say her name. Si se puede? Yes, we can in Spanish. 
liberation, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go through them all. But that's what they can put in the back of their jerseys instead of um, instead of their names. Yeah, that's going to work absolutely great. I know a lot of people don't watch basketball anymore. And I, basketball has become the elites, elitist sport. You, you can't buy a ticket to a game for under 200 bucks. I mean, so people like me are not going to basketball games, not going to NBA games. But if people don't want, it's bad enough that they want to kneel. Because here's the thing, I could actually miss the first warm-up pitches of the Yankee game and not see anyone kneel. And I'd be good to go. But now the NBA is going to have it right in your freaking face. Right in your face. Good idea. Well, I mean, the elites will be thrilled. The people in L.A. and New York, they're going to be thrilled with all this. The, all the the Karens, which, by the way, I just learned what a Karen is. And all of the, the emasculated men who are liberals. They, um, But the thing is, you'll not know the name of the player, but you'll know where they're standing on politics and you'll know they can't breathe or whatever. And I also find it ironic. Um, the COVID-19, which is why they're playing on the Disney courts, was started in China. And do you know what they will not allow you to put on the back of their jerseys? Get this. Free Hong Kong. That is because the NBA gets their money from China. Same with Nike. Same with Apple products. Your little iPhone. That's an Apple product. It was made by some 15-year-old in China earning two cents a day, 15 hours a day. That is why I will never go to an NBA game. I will never watch an NBA game. I will never wear Nikes. And I will never earn an iPhone. That's called capitalist protest. I won't tell anyone. Oh, well, someone asks, why do, why do you have a Samsung Galaxy? I'll say, well, because I don't want an iPhone. Well, why won't you have an iPhone? Because it's an elitist product that's made by slave labor in China. Because, you know something? Lives matter. Human rights matter. China is probably one of the most evil civilizations in human history. They're beyond, Nazi, they're beyond the Nazis. They're beyond the Soviet Union. Well, here's the thing. Their evil is coming to light. So let's talk a little bit about China. The China, China's got some splaining to do. <laughs> they have not been the peaceful country. and Their true colors are coming out. And it's coming to a head with the United States. The, the DOJ has charged Chinese hackers with trying to steal COVID-19 vaccine information. What a shock. What an absolute shock. Now, this actually shows us some things. Okay, this, this shows us some really important things. The first thing that it actually shows us is China, China can't create anything. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But China can develop nothing. They can't do anything on their own. They've always got to steal it. And that's because, unlike capitalism, there's no incentive system under socialism. Now, I know China's a communist country, but that's a political system. China is a socialist economy. They're actually more of a fascist economy because they do allow businesses 
uh, free business in their economy, but with heavy restrictions. That's fascism. Whereas socialism, uh, the government owns the means of production. That's the difference between the two. The problem with fascism, communism, China, uh, socialism, is these people people don't want to create vaccines because what's the point? They're going to get nothing out of it. We're going to talk about that a little later. The other thing this shows us is that China probably doesn't have this virus under, con uh, under control, which I think most normal people already knew. Remember, China said they only had 4,000 deaths. The United States has 120,000, uh, 130,000 deaths right now, 135,000 deaths. China has 4,000. That's what they're telling the world, and we're supposed to believe them. China was screaming how they reopened their economy. And then uh, they closed it again, yet their death rate didn't go up. You don't hear any of this from the news media. China probably has hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dead if not close to a million dead from this virus. So all that bullshit you hear about China, look what they did. It, well, what did they exactly do? Because they didn't seem to do anything. They didn't come up with a vaccine. Everyone's already wearing a mask. Whatever. And finally, China cannot be trusted like every other communist dictatorship in the world. They cannot be trusted. Now, I'll give Trump this. Trump never really trusted China. That's why he put all the tariffs on him. And the tariffs have been hurting. I'm not a tariff fan. Right off the bat, I think you put a tariff on a product from another country, all you're doing is putting a tax on somebody else because that somebody else has to pay for that tariff. So I, I'm not a big fan of tariffs, but I got to say, they look like they're working. The United States not trusting China came to a head when Secretary Pompeo and the State Department ordered the closure of the Chinese consulate in Houston. He said that China had been running intelligence gathering, uh, gathering rings from the consulate, spy rings essentially, and it had nothing to do with diplomacy. They were given 72 hours to clear the building. Now, today is Thursday, Thursday night. You'll probably hear this Friday. This happened on Wednesday. They were given 72 hours to leave the building and leave the country. That's some serious stuff. The Chinese responded by starting to burn all their paperwork in the courtyard. Pretty much showing that they had something to hide there. The fires were so large in the courtyard, the Houston Fire Department was called. They couldn't go in. But they were called because the fires were that. There's video of the fires. The State Department stated, the United States will not tolerate the PRC's, People's Republic of China, violation of our sovereignty, sovereignty, intimidation of our people, just as we have not tolerated the PRC's unfair trade practices, theft of American jobs, and other egregious behavior. We have directed the closure of the PRC Consulate General Houston in order to protect American intellectual property and America's and America's private information. Marco Rubio said, China's Houston Consulate is a massive spy center. Forcing it to close is long overdue. This is what I find kind of amazing is they knew this already. What took them so long to close it? Because people were kissing ass on China?
Like the NBA? Like Biden? Like Obama? Now continue. China's consulate in Houston is not a diplomatic facility. It is a central mode node of the Communist Party's vast network of spies and influence operations in the United States. Now that building must close and the spies have 72 hours to leave or face arrest. This needs to happen. Now, this isn't the only problem they're having in San Francisco. Apparently, the Chinese consulate in San Francisco is also hiding a spy who's already been convicted for spying. So, this isn't something really bizarre. This is something they're doing. I say we close them all. China, yeah, they've promised there's going to be consequences. So what? China has not been great on telling the truth. They're shitty in human rights, too. So, what else happened? Thousands of Hong Kongers right now are being arrested and sent to China for trial, supposedly, and punishment, which is actually re-education. And they're not being kept in Hong Kong. They're being sent to China for this, quote, trial, end quote. They're not. They're, the, these people are never going to be for China. They're sent to concentration camps, essentially, is what's happening in China. China appears to be preparing for an invasion of Taiwan. And why not? They took over Hong Kong. That wasn't a big deal. No one said anything. The United States media, and the United States is the only thing, only country China fears. The United States. The media is not covering it at all. So, yay, we just took over Hong Kong. Let's just take over Taiwan, too. Taiwan is a true democracy. They can't stand China. And yet, here it is. This is what's going to happen. And finally, the Uyghurs, which are defined as Chinese of Muslim faith, there is video of them lined up on their knees heads shaven, wearing uni wearing uh, convict uniforms and having their hands uh, handcuffed behind their backs, being loaded into train cattle cars to be sent to education camps. Oh my God, really? Why isn't the NBA? Why isn't the NBA allowing you to say free the Uyghur, free Hong Kong? protect Taiwan, any of those, because they just love China. They get all their sneakers from China for free. Oh, I bet you walk into LeBron James's uh, closet, and LeBron James, who is a freaking moron anyway, you walk in his closet, got nothing but Nikes in there. Air Jordans, all made by freaking kids who are stuck in slavery. That's slavery, modern day slavery. And now we've got concentration camps where Hong Kongers, Uyghurs, and soon Taiwanese are going to be sent to and, quote, re-educated, end quote. And I don't think re-educated is what's going to happen. It'll be much like the gulags of the Soviet Union. What was funny is the BBC actually interviewed the, um, what was he? He was an ambassador from China and asked him about the secret videos that were snuck out of China showing the Uyghurs being loaded into these cattle cars. 
and his the ambassador's response was just delicious. Listen to this. Um, this is uh, almost certainly over northern China, over Xinjiang. Can you tell us what is happening here? I cannot see, uh, you know, this video. This is not the first time you show me. I, I still remember last year you show me what is happening uh, in, in Xinjiang. In Xinjiang, but, exactly. But this, let that... me tell you this. Xinjiang, have you been to Xinjiang yourself? No, I never have. You know, Xinjiang is regarded as the most beautiful place in Xinjiang. There's a Chinese saying, you, you do not know how big but, China is. Ambassador, you, that, you, is not, that is not beautiful coverage, however, is it? Can I ask you why people are kneeling, blindfolded and shaven and being led to trains in modern China? Why, what, what is going on there? I do not know where you get this uh, videotape. You know, sometimes you have a uh, your transfer of a prisons and uh, prisoners, you know, in any country. I got to tell you, I think being an ambassador, ambassador has got to be the shittiest job out there. And an ambassador for a communist country has got to be worse because you you got to keep coming up with bullshit to cover the tracks or risk getting actually freaking executed. Yeah, well, here's the thing. He lies a bunch of times. Never answers the question, by the way, which is kind of awesome. He first up that long pause... I, that was not me. That was him. He couldn't answer the question. He didn't know what the hell he was looking at. So at first he sits back and says, well, you showed me this like a year ago. And so the guy continues to press. And then he says how beautiful that part of the country. Well, that has nothing to do with the fact that these guys are handcuffed, blindfolded. I forgot about that. Their heads are shaved and they're being loaded into cattle cars. Well, these are prisoner transfers. This is not a prisoner transfer. That's not. You don't transfer that many prisoners all at once. What is this? And then he says, well, I don't know where you got this video. What You just said you saw this video a year ago. You weren't prepared for that? I, I so respect this guy who interviewed him. But here's the thing. People who the government doesn't like, and in this case it's because of religious freedoms, because they they deal with religion. And we're going to talk about religion. we got to really talk about religion. Um... Yeah, religion is a pain in the ass for a communist government, especially a Marxist, communist, socialist government, because religion is the opiate of the peoples. So they try and get rid of religion. Actually, religion is not the opiate of the people. Religion is what keeps one doing the right thing because there's a higher source than humanity, which is why our people, in our founders, decided to keep religion principle religious principles in the constitution so you have to train people not to be religious and that's what china is doing now does this sound familiar you know being stripped put in a uniform blindfolded shaved head loaded into cattle cars yeah nazi germany did this which was a fascist socialist system um, the Soviet Union did this, which was a socialist system. Cuba did this, still does this, which is a communist social 
system. It's actually a dictatorship, just like the Soviet Union was. North Korea does this, which is a communist dictatorship. Venezuela does this, which is a communist dictatorship now. Ain't socialism grand? Don't you just want socialism in this country? Don't you want to go run out and find yourself a BLM member, give them a hug? Give an Antifa a person a hug, but they're not really socialists. They're actually more of anarchists. I, I don't know what they call uh, Marxist anarchists, which is weird because you can't have anarchy with Marxism. But that's what they do. This is These are the people that the NBA is supporting. They will talk shit about the United States left and right. They can't say anything about China. China is controlling what they say. They're not even in that country. How do they do it? Money. Money, money, money. <laughs> Excuse me. Just absolutely disgusting. So where is this leading us? I think the United States and China are entering a Cold War. When we start closing consulates, it pretty much is a done deal. Because China's going to do the same thing. And I don't think it's a bad idea. I think we need a Cold War. China depends on the United States for its survival. And it has gotten way too cocky to remember that the United States is keeping their economy afloat. Trump has already threatened to cut off trade with China. Completely cut off trade. Which means, hey, you're not going to get your iPhone unless Apple comes back to the United States. You're not going to get your Nikes unless Nike comes back to the United States. Now, this does have some problems to it. China will become more aggressive militarily as their economy gets killed. Now, when I say that China will get more busy militarily, I don't mean they're going to fight us. We are too far ahead of them technologically and militarily and way ahead of them, uh, way ahead of them technologically. They're, just, they, they're not going to be able to compete. They're not going to be able to compete at all. Heck, half of their military technology was stolen from us. And they can't get it to work. Let's look at 5G, for example, which is the cellular, new cellular system. We've got independent companies creating 5G. China stole it from one of those companies, and they can't get it to work correctly. We've already, uh, I believe it's Huawei or whatever their phone system, Europe has already banned the Huawei phone system out of Europe. The United States is probably going to be close behind them. But countries that have to worry about the Chinese military are going to be countries like Hong Kong, which has already been taken over. Taiwan, India, South Korea, they have to worry. Why? And this is the big lesson, because socialism doesn't allow for innovation. I told you I was going to talk about this. It also doesn't allow for production, because there is no incentive system. What I make in China belongs to the government. I get nothing from it. So why would I bother creating anything? This is why they can't create a, a vaccine for the virus. They need to steal it. How do socialist countries get what they need? They take it from other countries and force their people or force their people under threat to create, which never works. Chernobyl in the Soviet Union is prime 
example of that. Chernobyl was built based off U.S. information that was stolen, and it blew up. The Soviet Union knew this. That's why they kept stealing countries, so they can steal their resources. Russia today knows this, which is why they're in Crimea, to steal their oil. The big problem is Xi Jinping, the president of China, is the most powerful Chinese leader since Mao. He is a dictator now. He's no longer president or vice president of China. He is a pure dictator. Which is what happened when Castro came into power. What happened when Maduro came into power in Venezuela. That's what ends up in communist countries. That's what happened with Putin in the Soviet Union or in Russia. Socialism leads to dictatorship and absolute rule. These countries, all of them, they need to be broken like uh, broken by the United States, especially China, needs to be broken by the United States, like the United States broke the Soviet Union. Does that mean China's not dangerous? Not at all. I think we can break China faster than we broke the Soviet Union. I think within two years, China would fall. If we had the balls to go in and just say, you know, we're not going to trade with you anymore. We're not going to do anything with you anymore. F you, go away. That's what the United States needs to say. Of course, a lot of politicians don't have that kind of balls. Sad, but they don't. COVID-19 is an exact reason we should break all communications with China. No Chinese comes into this country. No Chinese, no Americans go to that country. Because the reality is, whether China released this virus purposely or not, it shows the power of a biological weapon. The Chinese government, who just doesn't give a damn about their people, did profit from this short term. They took over Hong Kong. This was not, this was the most underreported story in the news media. They took over Hong Kong. They made it illegal to say in Hong Kong that you hate China. It's illegal now to say that. They're selling PPE and crappy tests. Where? To the United States. Their PPE tests, their, I'm sorry, their crappy COVID-19 tests are 85% accurate. Our tests are about 99% accurate. Why are we buying this crap from them? They're isolating the Uyghurs. And now they're threatening Taiwan. China needs to go away. That current government system needs to be abolished. It needs to be destroyed and beaten down, just like the Soviet Union did. It's going to be a little harder in that the Soviet Union, it never had much more of an economy than Italy. Maybe France, but they were not ever, they never had a great economy. China has a fascist economy, which is a little stronger than the Soviet Union, but I think their dependence on the United States is so much higher than the United States dependence on, uh, or the Soviet dependence on the United States. So I think that's going to kill China. But 
what are, what are we going to do as people? Okay, shit's going to go up in price. Get over it. We're no longer going to get that 15 cent widget for we're for 15 cents anymore. We're going to get it for a dollar. We're going to have to pay a little bit more money. And you know something? That's just that's just how it has to be. I'm willing to pay it. I'm sure a lot of you are willing to pay it to get rid of another global threat. I think China can be toppled, in, in essence, I think China can be toppled and I think it could be a lot faster than the Soviet Union. And I'm not the only one who said so. There are economists, historians have said the same thing. They said, no, China is already on the downslope. There's one book out there, I, I can't remember, I'm going to have to review that book. He's already said China's already on the downslope. They're already crashing. They're falling. Someone just has to have the balls to push China over the cliff. Does Trump have those balls? I think so. Don't know. I think so. But you know who I know doesn't have those balls? Joe Biden. Which is why Joe Biden cannot win this next election. Okay. Well, my podcasts are getting longer, but I'm also doing a lot more writing with the podcasts. Uh, On Sunday, I'm going to release a... I've decided I'm going to do the, uh, I'm going to read the entire book, Animal Farm, online. So I'm going to do a podcast every Sunday on Animal Farm. And we're going to talk about Animal Farm. It's a lot easier than Plato, which I promised I'd do, but Plato's pretty complicated. Um, And it's very short. The chapters are only about three pages long. It's a 96-page book. We can get it done in 10 weeks. And I think it really is something that we need to read about because that's what's happening today. I wish I could read uh, Brave New World by Huxley, which was Orwell's mentor um, who wrote Animal Farm. But it's a lot more complicated book. So you can follow me. You can uh, uh, follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. Visit my website. I've got a ton of links that you should take a look at at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs> <laughs>